Dominus Fabiscum, amigos, and welcome to another edition of the Heavenly Toast podcast. Thank you for joining me here, and today we're talking about the readings for the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time. And we kind of have a big one here. This is something that I don't real I don't think that a lot of people realize the depth of what's going on here. And this is certainly something that kind of stood out to me more this time reading through these readings than in the past. But uh, I think we've kind of got a whopper of a saying of Jesus in the gospel reading. I think that a lot of times this sounds like something that should come from the Bible, or this sounds like biblical speech, and we kind of, I don't know, have a tendency to write it off or glaze over it because it sounds like pious stuff that we've heard before. It sounds like biblical stuff that belongs there. And we kind of hear it and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But the final verse of this gospel reading is striking, I think. And it struck me, like I said, a lot more this time reading through than it has in the past. Jesus says, For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. That's striking and very almost anxiety-inducing, I think, in a certain way, that the measure with which we measure will be in turn be measured out to us. Now, what's, what's going on there is that there's a certain fear that arises because it's like, well, my measure is, is so small, so minuscule. I'm not very generous. I'm, you know, I'm proud. I'm this, I'm that. Is that really, is this really all on me at that point? I think that there's a deeper meaning and a deeper way to read this, though. The measure with, we, with which we measure will in return be measured out to us. There is a certain relationship between giving and receiving. And I think that both of these are virtues in their own way. The ability to give good gifts. And I don't mean like, oh, well, I know just the thing for Aunt Susie for Christmas. I'm, I mean, something deeper than that. Like the ability to give of ourselves and to give gifts that truly arise out of our hearts, that takes virtue. It takes generosity. It takes magnanimity. It takes honesty. And it takes... Um, a lack of self-centeredness. It takes a heart that looks out towards others so that we can see what it is that they would need. There's a certain generosity and virtue to giving gifts. There's also a certain virtue in receiving well. Because in order to receive a gift, um, it's not enough simply to take something. In order to receive it, there has to be a spirit of genuine humility and a spirit of genuine gratitude as well. And I think that we see this when the church speaks of the theological virtues, namely of faith, of hope, and of love. These theological virtues are graces given to us by God, and they're virtues that we exercise through God's gift, and they have their final end in God himself. I think that the ability to give and to receive comes in much the same way. In order to give, we have to emulate the Father. 
We have to emulate God who gives us everything, who gives of himself, most notably in his gift of his son Jesus, both on the cross and on all of the altars of the world through the Eucharist. And in order to receive, we need to have a humility to recognize who God is and who we are. It's not demeaning to receive a gift. I think a lot of times in modern culture, we kind of get this sort of, I don't know, sort of complex where it's like, oh, well, now I have to reciprocate. You know, oh, this person gave me this gift. That's nice. But now, you know, I'm, I'm indebted to them in a certain way. And to receive well isn't like that at all. To receive well is to recognize ingratitude and humility, the good things that the giver has done for us. So when we're hearing the passage, the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to us. It's not simply a threat that we better do good and we better do all of these things so that we'll get a good measure in return, but rather it's an invitation to the virtue of true giving and true receptivity. And it's an invitation to a participation in the very life of God. Earlier on in the reading, we hear a whole bunch of things that Jesus says that maybe are a little bit uh, nerve-wracking and maybe are a little bit uh, scary in a certain way. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. There is a certain radicality in living Catholic Christianity authentically. There's a common, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily an insult or a statement or something that you'll hear a lot of people, I believe it started with Karl Marx, that said religion is the opium of the people. And you'll hear it, that phrase used by a lot of the new atheists as well, that, oh, religion just exists to soothe people's um, discomforts about existential dread or about injustice in the world. It's some sort of a panacea that just kind of covers up everything. Catholic Christianity could not be further from the truth when it's authentically lived. Catholic Christianity is difficult when it's authentically lived. It requires sacrifice. It is a radical call that we receive from Jesus. It's not designed to be easy. It's not designed to just, we're just supposed to skate through. Especially we notice that with Lent coming up, Ash Wednesday very soon to come. And we're reminded that this call that we've received from Jesus is not simply a call to come and be happy and everything's going to be great. It's an invitation to the radicality of what we hear in today's gospel, to bless those who curse us and to treat well those who mistreat us, to offer our cloak when somebody steals our tunic, to offer um, our other cheek when somebody strikes us on the first. It is a radical life choice. And is a radical call from Jesus to do this. And here we see in full view what we have with this passage about the measure and measuring out. A little bit earlier it says, A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing will be poured into your lap. From God we have received this. 
The call of the Christian life is difficult, yes, but it is joyful. It is true, it is good, and it is beautiful. And we receive so much from the Lord. We receive everything from the Lord. And we receive it precisely through this great gift of the faith, through which we emulate his life. The call of a Christian is to participate and to partake in the divine life itself. So when we hear this passage, the measure with which we measure will in turn be measured out to us. It is a summons to partake in this life of God who gives freely, abundantly, overflowingly from a heart that is in love for you and for I and for everyone. And it's precisely through that that we hear in Paul's letter this uh, about Jesus, about the first man being in an earthly vision, the second man from heaven. We partake in this divine life through the ordinary circumstances of our earthly lives, of the people who mistreat us, of the people who treat us great, of the people who borrow from us, of the people who steal from us, of the people who are friends, and of the people who mistreat us. All of these earthly things were called to form into a gracious and overflowing measure which we pour out on others. And we receive from God all the more. In giving and receiving, we have this virtuous cycle where we receive from God graciously and we give all the more generously. So maybe we take that into prayer over the coming weeks and especially as Lent comes up. We form in our hearts a measure that is tightly packed, a good measure, overflowing, and we pour it out on everyone that we meet, even those who mistreat us, especially those who mistreat us. So in the coming week, may God bless you, may your prayer life be strong, may you grow in the love of Jesus. God bless.